Greetings to you as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior in this pre-recorded worship service for Easter Sunday, April 4th, 2021. We are coming to you from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida, and we are delighted that you have joined us. May the glory of the risen Lord fill your hearts with joy as we now listen to the prelude. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He is a, does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young shall fall exhausted. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The Lord is risen. The Lord is risen risen indeed.
long-awaited promise of a Messiah through the Old Testament prophets has been fulfilled when Jesus came to earth. The Father revealed himself to us through his one and only Son. The Holy Spirit revealed his divine nature to us in power by resurrecting him from physical death. The Spirit replaced the humiliation of the cross with the exaltation and glorification of resurrection. We now proclaim together that Jesus is our risen Lord. Let us, in response, pray together our prayer of adoration. We greet the dawning brightness of this special day with hopes renewed. We have known grief and sorrow, loss and tears, fear and failure. Meet us here, living Christ, for we need this time of resurrection. We need your healing presence. We need your word of greeting that welcomes us into the community of faith in spite of our doubts and faithlessness. You are the great teacher. We have come to learn from you. We want to be your disciples. Amen. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? asks the apostle. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Let us say it again. The Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Let us recite together the great creed that has unified churches throughout the ages. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now we take a moment to share the peace of Christ on this powerful and glorious Easter Sunday. Peace be with you and happy Easter. And once again, happy Easter. Welcome again to this pre-recorded service from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We're so glad to be able to celebrate this joyous day with you. If you're joining us for the first time today, I wanted to share a little bit about who we are. Our mission at Church of the Palms is to love God and love neighbor. 
You can learn more about how we're living into that mission by visiting our website and connecting with us on Facebook and YouTube. But a big part of who we feel God is calling us to be is a loving neighbor. A loving neighbor in real, impactful, and meaningful ways. So we tutor. We tutor hundreds of kids every week on our campus, and that continued virtually throughout the last year on Zoom. We feed hundreds of families every single day through our food pantry, and that too remained open throughout the pandemic. We work with the children at Wilkinson Elementary, our neighborhood elementary school. Before COVID, we uh, were mentoring them in person, but since then we have been creative and responsive to try to do the best we can to support the first grade teaching team there. We host Day of Hope annually. We did that in 2020 and will again in 2021. And Day of Hope provides students with the materials that they need to start school on the right foot and the wellness checks and exams to make sure that they start school healthy. And we collaborate with mission partners, both here in Sarasota and all around the world. Much of that work focuses on children, supporting their mental and physical wellness, as well as hoping to nurture in them a lifelong relationship with Christ. And we love God and we love neighbor with our ministries for people of all ages, including a children's ministry, a student ministry, and ministries for adults that reflect our care for the whole person, care for the body, with pickleball and basketball and yoga. And beginning on April 7th uh, at 2.30 p.m. with Tai Chi. Lots of people are very excited about that development. They will be meeting again on Wednesdays at 2.30, beginning on the 7th. We care for the mind with art classes and book studies and discussions about how movies intersect with our faith. And there'll be a trivia night coming up on April 28th at 6 p.m., with care for our spirit, with Bible studies, Taze services, a group that meets on Zoom on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. to explore the Lectio Divina, the spiritual exercise of Lectio Divina. A new small Bible study on gentleness begins this week. And one day, a one-day woman's retreat is scheduled for April 24th, and that'll be a day just full of prayer and Bible study and yoga. So again, I invite you to visit our website to learn more about who we are, and you can find all the details about the when and where and how to register on our website for the various events and activities that are coming up. I also wanted to mention that you can reach out to Pastor Mingy Brown to learn more about membership at Church of the Palms. By becoming a member, we are committing to one another we're saying that we together are going to be the body of Christ in this time, in this place, and that we're going to work together towards the same mission. You're also free to reach out to me. My name is Sarah Soboleski, and I will talk your ear off about how much I love Church of the Palms. We can explore together ways in which you can join in our shared life here, whether you're in Sarasota or joining us virtually from anywhere else. Thank you. Sonnets to Orpheus, part one, number 19, by Renere Maria Wilke. Like cloud shop, shapes torn and molded by the wind, the world is being changed and rapidly. What comes into the fullness falls toward the ancient source and gratefully. Soaring over the tumult and the change like some great bird born further and higher, intones the song that pierced the dawn on that first day, O God of the lyre. No one ought ever love their suffering, but no one ever loves without its pain. And as we die, we come to wondering if there was something we could not yet see, that winged thing that merges with earth's suffering to make us what we otherwise 
would never be. Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, on this Easter Sunday, we come as your Easter people, full of joy in our hearts and gratitude to you for our salvation. We proclaim that Jesus Christ is risen. Almighty God, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus this day, we are even more sure of your love, grace, and power than on any other day. We give you thanks that on this day, evil is undone and death is defeated. 
We thank you that in Christ's resurrection, our own eternal lives with you are made possible. Great God, we are grateful to be your children and brothers and sisters in Christ to one another. Great God, bless the church universal and bless this congregation, we pray. Merciful God, grant your healing mercies to those who are sick, hungry, and frightened. Comfort those who grieve this day, we pray. Safeguard those who serve us in the dark of night and in the face of the pandemic and in the danger of war, we pray. Protect the innocent in any nation whose lives are endangered and threatened and oppressed, we pray. Empower those who are the helpers of those in need, we pray. On this Easter Sunday, confirm in us, O God, this resurrection joy, we pray. O God, grant us wisdom to live as your Easter people, this day and in the days to come. May we be your instruments of love, peace, and justice, we pray. We lift up all our prayers to you in the name of our risen Lord who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It was in the days after the resurrection when the disciples were out fishing and catching nothing that the resurrected Jesus from the shore pointed to where they should cast their nets and they caught so much their nets nearly broke. And then Jesus said to bring some of the fish, and they brought the fish, and Jesus took the fish and put it on a grill along with some loaves, loaves and fish. And then, of course, they remembered back to when he had fed the 5,000 with just a little bread and some fish. I suppose this Easter especially can be a time when we recall all of what we have received from the hand of the resurrected Christ. In the throes of pandemic, we have received sustenance for the day, direction on where to go, help from above and below. And then Jesus says, bring what you have received and allow me now to feed the multitudes. I can't remember a longer and stranger year from one Easter to the next as we've had this year. I felt often that our nets might have come up empty, but instead we have received so much. And now much is required to feed a hungry crowd. So let us in this moment of gratitude ponder all of what the Lord has done and wonder what the Lord might do with what we freely give. The giving options are on your screen.
us pray. Resurrected Lord, we come in joy, transformed by your immense love and the gift of life you've given us. You've removed barriers to the sins that beset us, and you've made us freed to live out your love. For the wonderful gift of your life, we're thankful, Lord, and gladly give the resources and our undying devotion. May these gifts, in one small but important way to us, contribute to your kingdom reign among us. In the name of the living Lord, we pray. Amen. And now we invite you to watch a video as we celebrate the children of our church. Good morning. Thank you for coming here from the Palms Preschool all the way to the sanctuary to help me do a children's moment for Easter. Easter is such a special time in the life of the church. And guess what? Easter is celebrating that Jesus was raised from the dead. So I want to teach you a call and response. Are you ready? It goes like this. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Oh my gosh, you are experts. I'm curious, Miss Carol, I think, has been teaching you in chapel about the Easter story. Does anyone remember how Jesus died? Do you remember? Raise your hand if you remember. On the cross, that's right. And does anyone remember how many days was Jesus? Three. And guess what? On that third day, the disciples and the women came and they saw that Jesus was raised from the dead and they couldn't help themselves. And they just said, Christ is risen. Christ is living. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what I started thinking? I was thinking that Easter story reminds me of the life cycle of the butterfly. Is a butterfly always just a butterfly? Does it start out like a butterfly? No. Oh my goodness, well, how does a butterfly start out? An egg. An egg, and then what happens? A oh my goodness, a caterpillar like this? And then a cocoon. A chrysalis, and then a cocoon, and then a butterfly. Do you know what? That chrysalis reminded me kind of of a tomb because when that caterpillar goes in there, kind of seems like she's dead because when she comes out, she's a beautiful butterfly, right? When Jesus went into his tomb, Jesus was dead, but then he came out and he's alive. So we all get to be with Jesus forever. Now, that is really good news that we are never alone, that Jesus is with us forever and we get to live with him forever. So I wanna give you each your very own butterfly so that you can remember do you think you can remember that Jesus is alive? And I'm gonna say a quick prayer. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that Jesus rose from the dead, that he is alive. And because of that, we too get to live forever. Amen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Jesus is alive.
grateful we are here at Church of the Palms for our wonderful musical team of Genevieve Beauchamp and Jonathan Spivey and their orchestration of this wonderful, wonderful music that we have had here on this Easter Sunday. We rejoice that we get to worship in such fine fashion and are grateful for the great gifts that have been shared this day. Our scripture this morning comes to us from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. Hear the good news. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. And while they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you allow these words to point to the word just read and to the good news of Jesus Christ, who has been raised from the dead, that we might live. This we pray in his name. Amen. My grandfather loved to tell the story about the Iowa town that had been through months and months of drought and the fields were parched and the crops were dying and the forecast called for sunshine for as long as anyone could guess. And finally one day the local preacher called for a prayer meeting, a, a meeting to pray for rain. It would be at six o'clock there in the little church in the middle of town. And so when six o'clock came around, the church bell rang throughout the town, not a cloud was in the sky. But the people came and they crowded into that little church to pray for rain. And at six o'clock, the pastor got up in the pulpit, looked around the sanctuary, jammed full of people, this was pre-COVID, and finally began. Ladies and gentlemen, he said, I'm afraid we, we cannot proceed with this meeting. I'm afraid that I must send you home. The people looked around in confusion and consternation. Why, Reverend, why, they asked. The pastor responded, how can we dare pray for rain if not one of us thought to bring an umbrella? This morning, this Easter morning, I want to talk to you about bringing an umbrella. In Luke's account of the resurrection, as with all the gospel accounts, it is the women of Jesus' band who take the lead. When the morning is still dark and death hangs heavy in the air, it is this little pack of women who stumble their way to the tomb. They're, they're doing what needs to be done. They're bringing their spices and ointment, and they're going to give Jesus a proper burial. Despair consumes them, but still they get up before the first lights, and they make their way to do what should be done. And it is this faithful gesture of goodness and kindness and respect and love that leads them to see something they least expected to see. They find a stone rolled away. They find an empty tomb. They find angels. They hear voices, and they are terrified over what they're taking in. It's what Easter does. It shocks. It terrifies. It mystifies. It shakes the ground under your feet. Easter is always a surprise. On a clear blue day, Easter is what brings rain to a parched and broken land. 
And because God has an outrageously good sense of humor, Easter happens first to the least heard of the human family. Easter happens first to these first century women whom no one is really going to believe. The, the news of Easter gets delivered by the ones who, who speak only when spoken to. Easter gets spoken to the least listened to. And so for the disciples of Jesus, hearing this from these women because of their own prejudice, Easter is at first interpreted to be an idle tale, a, a wives' tale, if you will. Interesting, isn't it? The disciples believed the women when they said that Jesus was dead, because it was only the women who saw that, but they couldn't believe them when they said he was alive. So convinced are these disciples of the finality of events, so persuaded are they by the reports of the pounding of the spikes through the wrists and ankles, so assured are they of, the, of death's last words signified by the seal on that tomb, and so distorted are they by their own prejudice, they just can't imagine that it's going to be any rain. They, they bought the old story, they, the land will never recover. But then Luke tells us that Peter said, what the heck? Loose translation of the biblical Greek there. What the heck? Maybe, just maybe. And Peter goes to the closet and pulls out his umbrella. Who knows, says this impulsive, impetuous follower. Maybe there will be rain today. And after all, Peter was the guy who, when he saw Jesus walking on the water, called out and said, bid me to come to you on the water. Kind of crazy, kind of impossible, kind of foolish. But, but bid me to come to you on the water, Jesus. And Jesus bids. And Peter throws his leg over the edge and climbs out of the boat because who knows? So Peter grabs his umbrella because who knows, and he runs to the tomb, and the tomb is empty, and the heavens open, and Peter is drenched with amazement. Could there be life where there is death? Could there be hope where there is despair? Could there be lilies and daffodils in the desert? Well, let's hope so. Turns out that Peter carries on a great tradition of umbrella holding. Noah, like we talked about a few weeks ago, starts building an ark in the midst of sunny days because he's heard this voice that he's going to need to. So he builds his ship of hope amidst forecasts to the contrary. Abraham and Sarah in the land of Ur hear the voice to head west to the land of Canaan. Take the whole family. And by the way, grab your umbrellas because something unexpected is going to happen. God is going to rain upon you descendants more than the stars in the sky. Moses sends into the promised land spies to scope out the new land that they're to inhabit. And the skies come back and say, no way, no way. There's just no way we're going to occupy that land. The forces are too big, too mighty. And Caleb, the spy, says, no, not if we bring our umbrellas, not if we proceed with what we believe God can do. And, and Moses balks and turns his back on the land of rain and milk and honey. And the people of God wander in the desert for 38 more years. Jeremiah sees the invading forces of Babylon sweep into Jerusalem and carry off the people, ransack the city. And what does Jeremiah do in the midst of this pillaged city? He buys a piece of land. He buys property and holds on to the deed because he knows that they will return. He grabs his umbrella and expects that grace and mercy will fall from heaven. And that's just what happens. So I want to talk to you on this Easter morning about bringing your umbrella, because if there's anything that Easter has to tell us is that the only way to live is to carry an umbrella, which is to say that the only way to live on this side of Easter is with the faith to believe that the God who can raise his son from the dead, the God who can roll the stone away, the God who can bring life out of death is a God who even now is up to things we can never imagine. All we need to, be, all we need to do is to show up and be ready for rain. Because don't you think we live in a land and a time that wants to convince us that things are going to get worse instead of get better, that it's just, you know, the thing to do to complain and lament over who's in charge and who's not in charge and what's happening in the world and what's happening to our country and you better watch out for yourself and the land is dry and the land is broken and the sky is void of clouds and it's never going to rain, so what's the point? Who cares? Why hope that maybe it's not even worth doing the right thing? Why even go to the tomb? Jesus is dead. The world is going to hell in a handbasket, we might say. 
which is where the world seemed to be going on that Good Friday. The powers that be win again, might makes right. Isn't that what the cross says? Good guys finish last. The losing streak continues. The drought persists. But then there's this silly fisherman running through the cemetery with an umbrella on his arm shouting, maybe it's going to rain today. Rosemary Pritchett and her family of three children had several downturns of luck such that they had lost their home, were forced to live in a homeless shelter. Things were getting worse instead of getting better. The land was dry and broken. It hadn't rained for them for months. So what should happen? But that she finds on the sidewalk a check made out for $400. Not only a signed check, but an endorsed check. I mean, what is a homeless woman to do? Pennies from heaven, right? $400 recure a lot of ills. And so what does she do? She bets on the faithfulness of God and does the right thing, and she calls up the owner, returns the check. She knew from her faith that it was the right thing to do. Always bet on the right thing. When you bet on the right thing, that means you have some hope. You hope that God is still up in his heavens. Always bring that umbrella. So when Cheryl Wood saw this homeless woman at her door, Having returned to her that check, she could very well have cashed. She couldn't stop thinking about this faithful person, this honest gesture. So moved was Cheryl at such honesty and goodness that it wasn't long before she had organized 70 volunteers from her church to obtain the deed to an abandoned house and to fix it up and to give this faithful disciple a place to live. When Rosemary was asked if she had thought, if only for a moment, about keeping that check, she said, oh, not for a second, not for a second. I just know that if I keep my eyes on the Lord, then everything else will fall in place. If I bring my umbrella, I know someday it will rain. The late Eugene Peterson once told the story about the young woman who grew up in his congregation, a lovely young woman who turned out to fall in love with the wrong guy, at least according to Reverend Peterson. He thought they were ill-suited, tried to convince them of that in premarital counseling, but to no avail. He went ahead and performed their service against his better judgment. Sometimes that's what us pastors do. The new husband joined the army, and off they went to Alaska, where they promptly went off the rails with alcohol, bad decisions. Every six months or so, they'd call Reverend Peterson, usually a little drunk, asking for help, and the good Reverend would send a little money and do whatever, do whatever he could, but against his better judgment. And finally, the call came that they had found Jesus and were attending a local Pentecostal church. Good, thought Reverend Peterson, let the Pentecostals have them. But they fell off the rails again, and the calls resumed, and the pastor did what little he could against his better judgment. And then the call came that the ex-military husband had sobered up and was going to the nearby Presbyterian church and was thinking now that he was being called to be a pastor. Oh, dear, thought the reverend. You know, he said, you have to go to college first before you can go to seminary, half hoping that would squash the idea. Well, two years later, guess what, Reverend? I got accepted to seminary. Oh, boy, thought the Reverend. We'll see where this goes. And it went. And then came the call that he had graduated and received his first call to a little church up in North Dakota. And with the good Reverend Peterson come and preach at his ordination. So out of obligation and sympathy for that poor little church of 40, Reverend Peterson made his way up to North Dakota. And there they were on ordination night in the chancel of that little rickety church, listening to the little seven-voice choir, no voice less than 70 years old, squeaking out the anthem when the roll gets called up yonder. Reverend Peterson winces at the off-keyness of it all, and he winces even more when he thinks of the reprobate new pastor being let loose on this poor, unsuspecting church. It's all against his better judgment. And then comes the moment. And then comes the moment just when the squeaky seven are croaking out, the roll being called up yonder. That's the moment when the recovering ex-military rough around the edges off the rails new pastor turns to the erudite reverend and whispers to him, don't they sound like angels? Don't they sound like angels? And then the erudite pastor realizes that he showed up at the prayer meeting without an umbrella.
he didn't think it was going to rain. He showed up at the tomb and found a resurrection. He just didn't believe enough that the God who walks from tombs is busy raising other people from their tombs too and that the same angels that appeared in Jerusalem cemeteries appear in North Dakotan sanctuaries. Don't they sound like angels? Arthur Compton, winner of the Nobel Prize for Physics, said, every discovery I ever made, I gambled that the truth was there, and then I acted on it with faith until I proved it true. My friends, Easter has come again, and it's been a long year. Last Easter, we didn't know where we were going. Last Easter, we were climbing into our own tombs, and no one knew if maybe the world was going to go to hell in a handbasket, but we heard, we heard echoes. We heard echoes last Easter. We heard echoes. We, we heard echoes from those women that the tomb was empty and the angels were singing, and we, we gambled that it might be true, and we prayed, and we worshiped, and we gave people food, and we taught little children, and we zoomed like we'd never zoomed before, and we held onto each other, and we wore our masks, and we kept our distance, and we tried to take care of each other because, because we heard echoes of angels. We, we grabbed our umbrella and went to the prayer meeting. Why? Because that's what it means to be Easter people. It's what we get to do. We get to gamble that the truth is out there somewhere. We get to stumble sometimes in the dark. We get to run to empty tombs. We get to hear angels singing when the roll is called up yonder. We get to put out our umbrellas on clear, clear crystal days because the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed.
now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.